Well, I was a little stressed this morning. Yeah, was up. I had a doctor's appointment, and I went to the wrong doctor's office. Okay, what was your doctor's appointment about? Oh, you know. Oh, the the usual. No, was, I had oh. those injections in my back. Oh, okay. And so it was a follow up for the injections in my back. And so then I went to. Um, they have two offices, mm-hmm. and I went to the wrong one. And they're like, oh, you're at the wrong one. So then I had to drive across town to the other one. Right. It was just a... feels stressful. Do you want to do yeah. some breath work through your deep breath do we cycles? Need, are, we, are we there already? I mean, we can real quick. Okay. Let's do that. You want to? How do, what's, cycle oh, me through uncross this. Uncross your ankles. Uncross the ankles. Okay. And we can all do this. Okay. And just settle your body. If you can stack your shoulders over your hips, the mic might prohibit that. Okay. So over the hips. And okay. And just then what? take any tension out of your jaw. Close your eyes when you're ready. And just fill your lungs. Inhale in through the nose. And out through the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) You asked. Inhale in through the the nose. Fill your lungs. Expand under your arms. Mouth through the mouth. That's good. Inhale one more time. And out through the mouth. Settle right here. Once you're done with the big long exhale, once you're done, settle right here. Return to a normal breath cycle. And then just identify two feelings or emotions you have now. Sad. Joy. No, this is not so you're not sad and angry, dude. Stop it. You're I'm sad. I'm not sad. I'm happy. What else? Um scared. No, no, no. I'm happy and I'm excited. Okay. And blink your eyes open. And I feel better. Oh. I feel better. You have an incredible lung capacity. That was major. That really was major. So without getting too funny, I, I meditate and I do breath work that I have for the last two and a half years. These lights are really bright when you do that and you open your eyes. Yeah. I'm not used to that. Well, let's uh, let's jump in. Um, who's our guest today, Brandon? All right. We got a very special guest today who's already just jumped in. I can tell this is going to be a great episode a good one. as she's already just jumping in here. Yes. Uh, Lane... L-A-Y-N-E. That's right. Lane Bruner. That's right. Okay. Lane Bruner is our guest today. She is the founder mm-hmm. of, what is the name of your- Wealthy Soul. Wealthy Soul. You've done a lot of research, I can tell. Yep. <laughs> I I did, but it was a stressful morning Here we and go. I forget things. <laughs> Watch me. this. Okay. So Lane Bruner, and I got to tell you, Lane's here local in Austin, Texas. Yes. And she's got quite the story. And when we started this podcast, one of my good friends said- uh, you've got to have Lane. Have you heard of Lane? I was like, no, I haven't heard of Lane. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said, Lane would be perfect for your podcast. And yep. so that's how we got to know Lane. And so we're super excited to have you here today. Thanks for coming. And Lane, how, how we start every episode, because you've done your research on our show. I have. Pick up your water. She's drinking water. We're drinking Topo Chico. Topo Chico, the original. That's right. Lane, thank you for sleeping around with Dr. Brandon and Matthew. Let's have a great episode. Episode. Mm-hmm. So Lane, um, unlike Brandon... Um, I do research, um, <laughs> but in all, <laughs> in all honesty, Brandon and I, um, had a good talk and in preparing for this, we wanted to share something with you. Okay. Um, we both have the honor of having daughters Aww. and, uh, my daughter's getting ready to turn 17. 
um, on our pad on our podcast, I got to interview Miss Charlotte, who is seven and a half. Yep, going on seventeen. Going on seventeen. Um, so, having role models and being able to do this podcast with women like yourself um, means the world to us as dads, but also your journey and your story. Um, this episode, I'm going to be sharing a lot of personal stuff. I talked to my daughter, and she said it was okay. Oh. Um, because I know that you have a good story. Thank you. Um, and I'm just really excited. So this episode is really not sponsored by anything other than fathers of daughters. And our goal has always been with this podcast for people to watch it, listen to it, and just gain one thing from it. And I just have a really good feeling, Lane, that um, this is going to be a special episode. So I'm just honored to have you here. Um, that makes me feel amazing. <laughs> well, <thank you. laughs> I mean it. Thank you. <laughs> it really does. Thank you. Um, so let's just jump in. How in the heck did you find out about our podcast? I like to kind of start there as far as the invite. And then I want to hear about your story. Okay. So I have a dear friend named Jim, and she is one of those people that you just trust, sure. right? Like uh -huh. if she likes it, you like it. If, if she recommends a friend, you want to maybe spend some time with them. Yeah. And she connected us. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And so then I got to watching and understanding when, you know, invited onto a podcast that's called Sleeping Around. I was like, I may need to do a little <laughs> bit of research on this first. We get that a lot. <laughs> right. um, and it passed the test for sure. And so awesome. I said, yes. Jen and I grew up together. Okay. And uh, she's a dear friend of mine. And, and like we went to middle school together. Like she's mm -hmm. probably one of my oldest friends. And uh, like I said, she she kind of jumped in. And as soon as she heard about the goals of this podcast, she was right. like, you got to talk to Lane. So Lane, you focus, your business is, is focused on health and wellness, but you take it a whole nother step. And it's not just physical health and it's not just diet and nutrition. That's right. It really involves the mental aspect and from what, what I understand, you talk quite a bit about sleep with your clients as well. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Clearly. I, I mean, I think it's it's one of the foundations of a true health and wellness journey is learning how to sleep well, good sleep hygiene, and everything that comes, the benefits that come from sleeping Yeah. consistently well, which is not easy for everybody. No. It's not even easy for us, Yeah, I would say. I mean, one of the big <laughs> jokes Handsome Dan always gives me, he goes, you know, for a guy who co-hosts, a podcast about sleep is in the sleep business. You never sleep. You don't. I get up every morning at four o'clock, no matter what I'm okay. up at 4am every single morning. So if me and you were going out till two in the morning, I'm up at four. If I go to bed at eight 30, I'm up at four, regardless, I'm up at four every single morning. That's your clock. That's my clock. And it's been that way 20 years or more. I've just always been that guy, but enough about me. Yeah, um, enough about you. Enough so, about and we'll get to the business because I'm really intrigued about your business and and how you help people. Uh -huh. uh, and and that's the whole goal here. If we can just impact people, we're we're bettering our community, we're bettering our environment. Right. Um. But tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Yeah. What, how how did you get to this point in life? So, born in California. Okay. But a military kid, so okay. I have strong foundational roots in military upbringing. Okay. Very conservative, disciplined mm -hmm. family. Um, that's how I was raised. What branch? Navy and my Navy. dad was a fighter pilot nice. for 27 years, awesome. and he uh, he would command the air fleets on aircraft carriers. Nice, wow. it's called CAG. He is amazing. My dad, yeah, amazing. And I mean, last summer rode a 60 mile bike race 
at 74. Wow. He's a total badass. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> He's a total badass. Um, still, uh, but lived all over the U.S., okay. uh, formative years in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and when I got to college, I went to West Virginia University. I'm a mountaineer. Mountaineer. Yes, I danced for them all four years okay. on their Palm Squad. So I'm a dancer mm-hmm. um, and a performer. Mm-hmm. And So when you hear John Denver oh. and they say, <laughs> West Virginia, they all go all crazy. On. They oh. always do. I've been to a couple football games there. Oh, have you? And it's the home of Pat McAfee. This is true. So very, very, very okay. good. I know a little bit about all right. West well, Virginia. Morgantown, West Virginia is one of the most fun times you will ever have. That's right. Hands down. Yeah. It's awesome. And so you were you were health and fitness way back then, not drinking, not eating fast food. I'm just kidding. Okay. That was college. So um, I did live in Spain in college, but that's not where I'm going next. Um, I actually started in college and then into my, when I was a professional dancer, started not doing the right things. Right. So you hear of baller- ballerinas who smoke cigarettes and drink Diet Coke, mm-hmm. and that's how they stay fit. Yeah. So I didn't smoke cigarettes because I have a heart condition, but um, you know, I under ate, and I did all the wrong things, suffered from anorexia. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of bulimia too? Work- I actually never was bulimic. Okay. Um, I've been on the binge side mm-hmm. of an eating disorder gotcha. where like, I'll just like, overeat, but I never was bulimic. Okay. Um, and I'd work out all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't well, eat enough, but work out all the time. Yeah. So just creating that huge yeah. caloric deficit mm-hmm. to where my body, when I was 26 dancing professionally for a sports team, actually here in Austin, um, my body got to 114 pounds, wow. like a solid 135 to 140 right now. Yeah. So I was not well. How tall are you? Five, five. So what was your what was your BMI at that point? Oh gosh, I didn't even. I mean low. Low. Yeah. Low. I mean, and, when you get to about six percent, you lose your period. I never that I never got there. Okay. Okay. What and and the pressure for this or or I mean, well, didn't they weigh you? My my um, my, my first ex wife um, was also a dancer in college and was a dancer, and you had to have weight. You get weighed in how you did it, how you're measured. It was crazy. So I've I've obviously been in this industry for a while mm-hmm. and or was when I would go through some auditions, they'd put a piece of of masking tape on the ground 12 inches across mm-hmm. and you'd have to put one foot on the outside and one mm-hmm. foot on the the other outside. Right. Mm-hmm. Like so the edges. And they would snap a picture of your thighs, not of your face. They didn't ask what was important wow. to you. They were literally measuring the distance between your thighs. So if you, it's real hard not to get yeah. in your head about wow. your weight. And, and so what happened, and I'm very public about this, is that my value is basically how do you look in a uniform? Mm-hmm. How do you look on camera? And how do you perform on stage? Now, did you see this at West Virginia too? Uh, or or did you see this more as you got into your professional career? Definitely older, when I was yeah. older. Okay. But I mean, I always, there was always that inkling of you have to look a certain way right. in your uniform. I've never personally struggled with weight as a younger, you know, when mm-hmm. I was younger. I, I've never, I mean, I've had two kids. So obviously there's postnatal weight gain or, or you know, yeah. prenatal weight gain. Uh, but I've never been obese or overweight personally. Yeah. Um, but it's always been in the back of my mind that I better be thin. Wow. Now that voice in the back of your mind, whose voice is that? Mm, coaches, mm-hmm. 
I think, I, I mean, I, I, I think it could be personally, I think if you want to go spiritual, it could be, you know, evil. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's your voice. It's, I mean, right. Yeah. Right. It gets to be whatever you. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's evil. Mm-hmm. Well, this I, mean, is... I, have, I have distinctive, you know, you know, I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, I think the voices could be uh, from past failures, uh, could be uh, a teacher I had or a coach I had. That's why I asked that question. Ultimately, I, I had to get to a point in my life where I was like, well, that's just me, right? Or my faith. But what am I telling myself? Yeah. And how am I building myself? Um, and you do a very good job of that in your current career. But we want to stay back well, a little bit. Well, I think, dancing. you know, family sometimes, and I don't know if your family played a role in this as well. Do you have any older siblings, older sisters, your mom? Your I'm an only child. Okay. But I mean, I, I, and I have an amazing mom too. My parents are still married. Like, yeah. Awesome. Solid. However, the message was perpetuated by my, I mean, I think from her mom to her mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then to me. And I have been, if you follow me, I make a conscious effort to stop that mm-hmm. conversation. Um, I'm, I, I think it's really important that yeah. we value ourselves beyond the physical. Well, no, absolutely. I think so too. I, I, it's interesting because you have this conversation sometimes and I, I'm, I'm a, my, my mom. I noticed this with my grandma and my mom, like my grandma will see my mom. And usually my grandma's like 84 now or something. No, she's usually 84. No, 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 she is now. (laughs) But usually when she sees my mom uh, for the first time after a few months, after a year, however long it is, because they live in different states. um, One of the first comments she always makes will be about how she's looking about what her, Oh, you put on some weight Mm -hmm. or, you know, and it's, it's kind of like, and, and, you know, I, I don't know if it's like, Oh, grandmas are just like that. Uh, but the other side of that is I don't think you realize, um, you know, how that feels or what that does or, you know, that kind of thing. I've been working, I'm a, I'm a words of affirmation person. So same. I, I love, um, that's my love language. I'm if, if, you know, and so when I see things that I like, I tend to be very, you know, when I see people at work, oh, I like your dress today. I, I like your belt today. Yep. You know, so I see it, I observe it, and I just say it. It's like a filter, uh, right. filterless kind of a thing for me. And, um, you know, I've been talking to, you know, Jenny a little bit about this. And she's like, you know, I like that you compliment me, but I don't want our, you know, all of your love for me to be all about how I look. Mm. And as I get older, this right. is, you know, and I'm kind of like, oh, you know, i got to try and watch that. Yeah, but- I, um, I've had the fortune to have a, a great friendship with Kelly, my, my first ex-wife, and and our daughter. And one of the things that I got out of the pattern of when she was younger is telling her how pretty she is, how cute she is. I would talk about her strength. Yeah. I would talk about her courage. I would talk about these things that were innate yeah. and it was through an amazing therapist that, that helped me see this instead of just valuing those yep. things. I love catching people doing right as well. Yeah. I would say I'm either words of affirmation or gifts of service yeah. and then physical touch probably is my yeah. love languages, but I think you're right. And to the point how we all grow up, right. is so important. My mom was the biggest hippie, coolest, most amazing person in my life, the great role model, a diagnostician. But anytime she saw me, it was either you've gained weight or you're too skinny. Yeah. And I come from a large family, right? right. But, and again, I don't think it was something she consciously was trying no. to hurt me, but I, I, I think that shaped But me. you internalize it. Absolutely. And then, and then that might Even be subconsciously, one yep. of the voices. Yep. So my question, I guess, is from an industry standpoint, you know, we're talking about these pressures. Where do you think we're at now compared to 
Ooh, good point. 20 years ago. Because, I, do you think they're still taking pictures of thighs well, now? Yeah, yeah, because that's... Oh, yes, they that's, are. Yeah, because... I'm really? certain. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's what I'm scared about. My daughter's seven. She's in uh, dance. She mm -hmm. likes to do the hip-hop. And she wants to do gymnastics. She's talking about maybe I want to be when a, you said uh, that. She likes to do the hip-hop. The hip-hop. The hip-hop. <laughs> you did say the, but every put the in front am, of something. I am, I am pretty fucking old, so that was good. okay. Um, I should do the hip-hop. The hip-hop uh, hip dance class is what I should have said. Um, Just messing with you. But, but either way, she's like, uh, maybe I want to be a cheerleader. Right. Um, gymnastics. And in the back of my head, I'm like, man, I want to support her and I want her to do these things and she's built for it. Mm -hmm. But then in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, that is that industry mm -hmm. still going to be that? What are what do I have to fight as a parent if my daughter's going to do that? Uh -oh. So no pressure, Lang. Go. No, I want to like <laughs> process that that question. I think it's going to still be there on a professional level mm -hmm. because there is an expectation but created by our culture for our professional cheerleaders to look a certain way. Right. They're typecast. I tried out for the Cowboys. I got to top 100 out of a thousand or whatever it was. And they weren't necessarily what, I mean, I was it cause I wasn't pretty enough. Was it cause my thighs were too big? Like what was the reason I didn't make it? I don't know. I'll never know. But they typecast mm -hmm. those roles, right. right? On a, on a more, you know, for her to be seven and all the way up through high school, I think it will exist. Is she a small bodied person? Yeah. So it's easier for small bodied people. Yeah. It just is because that pressure is not there. I think it's harder for young dancers who, you know, do genetically come from a bigger body, mm -hmm. a, a bigger bodied family. Yeah. And so, you know, part of, I think what's important is teaching them how to eat for their bodies, mm -hmm. even young girls. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with teaching the difference between a carbohydrate, a protein, you know, what fat does. I, and I think there's nothing wrong with educating our yeah. kids, not because they shouldn't be overweight, yeah. but because they should know how to eat. Yeah. And, and I think that's a really good point. Um, I just wonder though, if that pressure is still there, cause you and I both know there's people that are skinny as skinny can be thin as thin can be small bodied people that still feel in their head like they have to do more yeah, like it's still too much and that's what I was, yeah me too i was one of them i, I think um no, I'm really. i think it starts at home mm -hmm. and i think it starts with helping them to figure out who and it's hard to figure out your identity when you're seven through 18 right like that's yeah. not realistic but i think it's the positive messaging that we as parents give and enforce to our children mm -hmm. i think that's really important to do so let's go even bigger picture. And I hate to, I'm sorry. I know I'm just no, spouting off here. No. Um, yeah. How do we, and I'm not even going to guess that we have these answers or we're going to solve this problem here. And I know this is a, the world seems like they care about this. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what bothers me. It's like people are saying this matters. People are saying we need to be more accepting of bigger bodies. And, you know, we're starting to see some Victoria's Secret models and we're taking away that and we're getting some um, different types of modeling and things like that. And Even so, the mannequins now. Are I, I think, right. Yeah. So I think that we're trying to do this as a, as a society, at least parts of society are trying to say enough is enough. But we know that this subculture still exists. Mm -hmm. So 
what's the answer on a global scale on this bigger picture scale of how do we change this culture, this societal impact, the, the typecasting, if you will, or is it something that's just never going to change? It is what it is. So I believe it's not healthy to be obese. Absolutely. I'm with you. Uh, and so it's hard for me to say that that is a healthy body type when Thank I you. know certainly Thank you. that obesity is not healthy. Mm-hmm. We don't, I don't need to say that. Everybody knows that even if you are Perfect. obese or not. So, uh, but you can still be a larger bodied person and have a body composition that is healthy mm-hmm. for your height, for your age, for, you know, for your weight. So I think it's good that we're showing different sizes. Yeah. I love Athleta. I use their stuff. I wear their stuff all the time. They have different shaped mannequins as you great brand we're explaining uh i think it's going to take a whole lot longer yeah for it to become accepted that a size zero or two or extra small yeah shouldn't be the norm yeah but we don't necessarily want to be on the other spectrum of that either and and i like that because i think that's kind of Right. You know, I don't want to encourage obesity. That's not healthy. We, you know, this is this is health and wellness. All right, so we got derailed there, and I'm sorry to take us off rail, but let's go back. So, West Virginia mm-hmm. dancer, yes, professional dancer, yes, here in Austin. So I went I, after West Virginia. Durst. Hold on one second. Handsome Dan, a professional dancer doesn't mean <laughs> that's not the poll. Oh yeah. yeah. So I want to be very clear. Very good. Although some of those people are very professional, <laughs> right? But we're talking different. Cool. Okay. Good to know. Go ahead. Okay. Good to know. Thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> He's young. He's young. <laughs> I've never uh, been there either. Sorry. To <laughs> I've never been to a strip club. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. They make me sad. Oh, How do they make you sad they if you've never sad. been there? Well, I guess I wouldn't know. But the concept the makes you idea sad. Idea makes me sad. You yeah. feel sad for the yeah. women. Oh, some of those women are very happy. <laughs> I'm sure they are. The A team, there's like an A team. I think the A team is happy. I really don't know. I don't frequent strip clubs either. I honestly didn't mean for us to go down this rabbit hole. You did this. Okay, I apologize. (laughs) Please go ahead. Uh, Moved back from West Virginia University, moved back to my hometown. I'm from Fairfax County, Virginia. Mm -hmm. It's actually called Burke is the town. And I was there for a hot second before I was like, I can't do this. So then I moved to Dallas. I packed a U-Haul, me Mm -hmm. and... A cat. I had a cat at the time, mm-hmm. and we moved to Dallas alone. Mm-hmm. And I found this place called um, Greenville Avenue, and I lived <laughs> in this place called the Village. Yes. Anybody know this? Yes, I do. Yes. I don't frequent Dallas. And um, and I had a freaking blast. Yeah, Dallas is good. It's Dallas good was really good for me. And then through a relationship, I got to Austin. So. And where? Who were you dancing for here? Do you? Do you know the Arena Football League? Yeah, yeah. The uh, I can't Austin remember. Wranglers. The Wranglers, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. who I dance for here. Yeah, awesome. That was fun. Uh, I think we had uh, Chance Mock played for them for, right. for a while. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. He was one of my teammates back in college. Yeah. Oh, did you play right. ball? Yeah, he played football for the University of Texas. Oh, yep. well, very good. Yeah. So, uh, so during that period of time, you were going through personally – Mm-hmm. This you mentioned you weren't eating enough. You oh, weren't yes. necessarily doing the right things to take care of your body. Oh yes. Was that just through the whole period? Was it? Was there a period of time where all of a sudden you were like, okay, I'm changing, or did that not come to light? I was going to say, what was the catalyst? So, if you have an eating disorder, you are lacking control, and you use food as your source of control. Okay. Like everything else is gone, and you're spinning, 
and that's what you use to control things. It's not really about, uh, it's, it's really, that's what it is. It's about control. And I was out of control getting through a really rough relationship, using food, uh, to control things again. And, um, I got out of it through really prayer. Mm-hmm. Nice. I did not do recovery. I've never done recovery. Um, I, I mean, I could probably still benefit from it today. And I, it's not that I don't, I don't believe in it. Right. I've used therapy and, and mm-hmm. prayer to, mm-hmm. for healing. Yeah. I think having anybody to talk to is, is a process. So true. You probably didn't go to a 12 step group. That's right. Um, but having someone to talk to kind of guide you through, you know, um, eating disorders are, are, are really unique, right? We talked about that. You can be, you don't have to necessarily be bulimic, right? But I think watching my daughter go through this social media error at her age has been the perfect storm. Um, I make a joke often and I'm going to kind of cuss. So heads up that I thank God every day that I didn't have an iPhone or I'd have probably 4,226 penis pics floating <laughs> in the periphery or the iCloud, right? You're I was into a that? stupid kid. I you was like a, penis pics? Well, yeah. I was a stupid kid. Well, he does now. No, I was a, I was a stupid kid. And I think that having this control, whether it be pornography, whether it be social, it, everybody's judging. Yeah. And even the rate of pornography addiction among um, 13 and 14-year-old boys and girls. Girls too now. It yeah. is so amazing. So that also goes to the body image. And, you know, my daughter has been um, in situations where there are true mean girls. You're judged solely on your Snapchat, your social media. And just to see that and me not having a clue of what that would have been like or what it is like when I was a kid is a whole different pressure. And I'm assuming, I don't guess women's age. I'm 42. Okay. All right. Thank you. We don't have to get, we don't have to do that. (laughs) Ding. but, you know, you didn't have that either during right. the, the period God. of time. So I make that joke about the penises, but I'm saying that just everything's out there. Even our podcast, as soon as it gets out, it's out there. So everything right. that we say is, is out there. For a little girl or girls with body shaming issues, it's 10 times, 100 times. Do you, have, do you see any clients in your current role that are that, are that age, they're, they're younger, I have a, on occasion. Okay, because I parents, did notice you see. Yes, okay, if yeah. the parent asks and is interested in it, obviously I don't treat them the same way I treat an adult. Sure. It's a different program. It's a different set of kind of instruction or education. Uh-huh. But I'm going to tell you, Mean Girl still happens at 42. Really? Yes. Well, Brandon picks oh, on me a lot. Dude. Yes. He does. He picks on I, me a lot. You know, I don't even, and I don't even mean girls or mean parents or whatever. Like, I have never like this whole parenting thing how old are your kids uh almost 14 and 11 okay you're boys little, yeah you're a little two boys 14 11 you're a little ahead of me i got an 11 year old boy and a seven-year-old daughter but what i found was when we started going like to elementary school you go to elementary school drop off and and it seems like there's like the cool moms and then yeah the not cool parents, which I was in the not cool parent group. And so it's I like, can see that the cool moms didn't really like, well, what are you doing? Bringing your kid here? Like, you know, kind of a thing. Right. 
Is, it's real. It's, it's real, right? It's real. Yeah, or like the kids go to a birthday party. Mm-hmm. My least favorite thing to do in the world is go to a fucking birthday party. Or when they don't get invited to a big or, birthday party. Well, That's they, hard. Yeah, yeah. The kids don't like not getting invited. But what's harder for me is the kid gets invited and I don't want to freaking go. Yeah. Because I don't want to go deal with the parents that are just going to It's about like, him. Well, yeah, it's, it's about always him. about me. Okay. Uh, you don't want to go make a small talk with people that you could care less about. Well, that, to. yeah, that, but also just like, sometimes they're just like, like they already have their little group of parents that hang out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really in the groups cause I don't have groups. So w- whenever you're dealing with, you said maybe a handful, but the damage has been done by the time you see them as adults or when they're part of your program, that's got to play a role. I think any of our upbringing or nurturing always comes to light in the coaching that you do, um, whether it be the view of themselves or the view of others. So I definitely want to jump in to kind of your process now okay. and how you got to the place you're at now. I got here because of two things. One, my disordered eating background mm-hmm. and understanding finally doing the work and studying and getting certified and getting the education on how to do it properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is one piece. The second piece, and we haven't even talked about my heart condition, which I know you want I to. I told you I was going <laughs> to talk about that. <laughs> um, it's a great story. I have I I have a congenital heart defect, mm-hmm. was born with two holes in my heart, mm-hmm. bottom chamber, top chamber. Mm-hmm. My mitral valve leaked. I've had three open heart surgeries. I don't know that you know that piece. I did wow. not. I did not. Um, before the age of eight years old. Oh, wow. And then... Um, <clears throat> And because of that, scar tissue forms in your heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm followed, I've been followed annually by a cardiologist since I was, you know, a baby. And so what happens is scar tissue forms and uh, that can create a barrier for the electrical currents of your heart. Mm-hmm. And one can have cardiac arrest, not a heart attack. Big difference. A heart attack yep. is valve related, mm-hmm. blockage, you know, you hear about trans fats and separate issue. Cardiac arrest is electrical. Mm -hmm. So I was teaching a fitness class, a heated yoga sculpting class at a big box gym Mm -hmm. in South Austin. And I started having a panic attack at the end of my class. And and I suffer from anxiety. Y'all, I'm a mess. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Jump on the bus. We'll we'll take you. So I, in 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 the peak of the class, at the cardio peak of the class, I sat everybody down on the mat because I needed to sit down and start breath work, which is what we did before we started, right? Yep. Which I use all the time Mm -hmm. because I have anxiety and I'm not medicated for it. So I use breath work and exercise. Anyway, I get down, I get on the mat, I cross my legs, I start my breath work and I'm like, shit, it's not, my heart rate's not coming down. It's not slowing down. And so I had another instructor who was a friend in the room taking my class. And I said, Sarah, please, will you come finish this? You've got, you know, 15 minutes of Tabata left and we're done. And I go into the hall and a member follows me and there I am at 280 beats per minute for 30 minutes in ventricular tachycardia. Yeah. Holy. And on the outside, 30 minutes of shape, you're you're, you're teaching hot yoga. You're probably the best shape of your life, but this is going on. So I, um, I 
tell them that I need to have help because I can't control it. And I use the Apple Watch, which is pretty reliable, especially if it's tight on there. And it was very all over the place in terms of... And so you're seeing this on your Apple Watch? Yes. If I ever saw 280, I'd freak the fuck out. I did not see 280. Okay. I did not. It never registered. Yeah. So um, the EMS gets there and... I didn't know if they had their own paddles there. No. Like the fibula. Okay. Well, they do, but they didn't know to shock me because I was awake and talking. So if I had passed out, that's simple, right? Mm -hmm. But the interesting thing is that if you pass out, uh, you know, you're, you're not perfusing blood. You don't have oxygenated blood going to the brain. You start losing brain function. And it's Mm -hmm. about 10% for every minute that you're unconscious. Okay. Yeah. That goes back to like CPR training and, you know, how quickly you need to get people because of. So EMS comes. They come and they're like talking to me mm-hmm. and they decide that they have to shock me to get the rhythm back into some order. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and so they cut my Lulu bra off. Oh no. My favorite. Oh no. But they had to. And it was two women and they were above me and they're angels in my mind. I found them. Yeah. I found them. I found them at their fire station. I thanked them. I sat there and cried with them. Um, and cool. they put Versed in my shoulder, which yep. is like a margarita yep. or two. Yep. And then they shocked me once. And then they shocked me again. And Ooh. then they put me on a stretcher and they took me to the hospital for four days where I went under, you know, under went tons of testing. Yeah. After the cardio version, the second shock, I'm assuming you got back in the normal yes. rhythm. Okay. Good. Yep. So back at the hospital, yep. anything further? Yeah. Testing, testing, oh, testing. Yeah, they did, um, I'm sure all diagnostic. Electrophysiology yeah. testing, EP okay. testing. EKG. All of it. Mm-hmm. EKG, yes. Stress test? All of the, No, they didn't put me on anything. Okay. Uh, they didn't put me on a treadmill or anything. Uh, they, they got 90% of it. They figured out 90% of it through something called ablation. Mm-hmm. And then after that, there was 10% remaining. And so they put in me a ICD. Oh, you can't see it. Yeah, but it's there. That's the internal defibrillator. So yes. if if you if you ever lose, um, uh, if you ever go out of rhythm again, that'll automatically shock you into into rhythm. And see what I haven't shared with you yet is that I like to do adventure retreats. I lead adventure retreats for women and men, mm-hmm. and I'll be in Costa Rica on February tenth through fourteenth. And if I am ziplining and you know something goes down. You've got that. I've got like yeah. I've got an angel with me all times. So they did an ablation also though. They did a cardiac ablation yes. procedure. Oh yes. Okay. That was day two of or day two or t- day three of the testing. Now, I wow. left the hospital without the ICD mm-hmm. because they wanted a because I'm so small bodied, they wanted to put they wanted a, a plastic surgeon mm-hmm. to put it in. So it didn't look like, I mean, you've seen some of these things. They look like giant boxes yeah. under under the people's skin. Yeah. They didn't want to do that for me. They wanted it to look like it's wow. not there. Holy cow. And when was this? How long ago was this? This was a year ago. It was a January. And this is great. I love this. Man. I love that. Yeah. So obviously you've got that. When did. <laughs> I do. When, that's crazy. Um, that is. Because you wouldn't guess, right? By looking at me, you're just like. No. Yeah. 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 But, you know, you hear this all the time. You've got, like, professional athletes sometimes that just kill over after practice one right. day. And then they, and they've just never been tested. They never knew they had a congenital heart defect, some of them. Yep. And then that's when they find out is when it's stressed too much and they lose it. When did 
wealthy soul Mm -hmm. come to be? There you go. So wealthy soul came to be when I was on, I was leading a teenage girl, female retreat for our church. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was riding up the ski lift. We were in winter park in the spring. Mm -hmm. I was riding up the ski lift with this Bowie cheerleader. Bowie's the high school in this area in Austin. And she said, Lane, how do I honor God and, and stay in the fitness and wellness industry? And from that conversation, the Instagram page was born, Wealthy mm-hmm. Soul. And um, and it became, it was just really for motivation, just to motivate yeah. women and girls to live better. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then somebody asked me if I would coach them. And um, it's actually the wife of my photographer. And I said, yes. And I wrote a program. And it worked. And it kept working and working and working. And how many and working. how many years was that? I love your smile when you're talking about uh, that. That's gosh, awesome. I feel like it is. I'm <clears throat> so absolutely on purpose for why I'm here. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm so on purpose. Uh, five years ago. Okay. You know they say that if you do something you love, it's not work. That's right. right? Oh, I feel that. And just when you tell the story, that's why I said about your smile. It's got to be fulfilling. Here's a hard question I'm going to ask you because I often ask myself this. Okay. Okay. Uh, my goal of 2021 was to serve, right? Love it. Uh, 2022 is more gratitude. But I found out towards kind of the end of 2021 that by serving others, I was getting more fed. So was it a selfish of me? Um, what was the motivation behind it? And then finally I got to the point, someone that holds me accountable was like, it doesn't matter if it feels good and you're still helping. So my question to to you is, is it the chicken or the egg with you? Is it because you're helping these ladies or people in general? Is that the calling that makes you feel so good? Or is it because, does that make sense? Uh, yes, it makes total sense. Um, and it's I, a tough question. I and know. I love to serve. Yep. I mean, that is a core, that, to me, it's core to, um, you know, what I, what I feel like I'm here to do. It really is about the win for the, for the client. Okay. It really is about that. And then I get to reap the benefit of their success. Right. And it, I don't, I don't take credit for it. I think they do all the work. Mm-hmm. I provide the, the education and the guidance for it or my team does, Mm -hmm. but, um, the real joy is when they hit these goals and, and you asked me about my process and I'll tell you before I even work with someone, I mean, right. I qualify them Mm -hmm. I make sure it's a good fit because I'm asking them to step into a lot of work, a lot of intense work for, you know, eight weeks is the beginning of our programming It's an eight week program. And, uh, and we go through, uh, some vision work in mm-hmm. our initial call where they are seeing themselves in eight weeks from today mm-hmm. after being successful in program with Wealthy Soul. And they tell me what they have achieved through this vision practice. Okay. And um, when they tell me what they ach- that they have achieved, that then becomes their goals. Right. right? And so I'm constantly going back to, have we hit this? Have we hit, you know, have we done the things that you want to do? And they are not weight related. Yeah. Some people don't even put a weight on there. Are all of them, could they be tangible or are they subjective or both? Both. Okay. Both. One of my girls said she wants to be able to zip line in Belize on a cruise with her daughter. I started with her in August of last year and she's on the cruise right now. Oh, nice. So it's to me, 
That's can, the I, joy. can I ask kind of something kind of personal? Sure. And you don't have to answer it. Was it her fear of heights? Was it a weight thing? What 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 about that zip line made it her goal? I she didn't tell me exactly what it was, but I would assume it's body. It was it was body mass. Okay, I, I didn't know. And I hate heights. I hate. So I used to be a ropes course leader. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, the scaredy cat. And I had to be trained on it because I, too, was a therapist, a wilderness therapist working with teenagers, worked in an amazing camp, salesmanship club, youth camp, where we took first-time offenders from Dallas. Really? 15 years old. We lived out in the woods five days a week, 24 hours a day, no electricity. So I had to be certified at this. So I can remember getting my certification on these towers and just to conquer that because, you know, I have these kids watching me and I'm shaking and doing all that. But it then led to Adventures Unlimited in Florida. There's these awesome ropes course places. Mm. I'm still, to this day, would still be scared to do it. But the motivation to do it was to conquer that fear. Does that make sense? Yes. So this person, that's why I asked that question, was Mm. the the buildup for her to go, man, I just want to be able to do this. Whether it's weight-related or not, was it her to say, I want to do this for my daughter? I want to do this for me? Is it a weight thing? Is it a fear thing? She had a number of goals that were outside of just the trip. Right. That were, you know, that would that she would have been able to achieve if she felt more self-confident. So. <clears throat> Wait, I got a perfect example. If I enter Brandon into your eight-week program, could you help him get a personality? A likable personality. <laughs> if he's a willing. Sense of humor. If he's willing. If okay. Because we need to, I mean, I'm going to speak for Jenny now. Oh, geez. I think that would go way, it would help him wife? so much. My significant other. Oh, got it. I'm kidding. Jenny you have would, a great You think Jenny would like me better with a personality? I'm not going to say that. She likes me I'm, pretty nice right now. She likes you pretty nice? Pretty nice. She, like, she likes you pretty nice. You know, you mentioned, you mentioned willing. Can I tell a story about willing right now? I would now? love it. I don't know if you'll appreciate this story or not, but you might appreciate this story. Okay. Mm. My, my partner and I, um, my, my business partner, he he jokes. Max, he's Max. Great dude. He's great. a good dude. <clears throat> but anytime we go out in public, I say this is my partner Max. He's just like business partner. Like yep. he's very quick to He doesn't feel super secure. I, you know, I think that I got him a t shirt the other year for his birthday. Oh, says, are we really gonna do this? It says power bottom. <laughs> <laughs> he never wears it. It's weird. Yeah. Every time we go to a hotel and we share a room, which like is is fairly often because we travel for work, and now now we're in a place where it's like okay we get our own rooms, but we used to always try and save money and to share a room, and uh, they they'd be like okay I have you in two queens or whatever, and I'd be like oh really like you don't have a king and it's gonna be hard to cuddle and the and the guy checking us in will be like um, not sure what to, it always gets kind of awkward well, and then it, I just look at Max and I go don't worry honey we'll just push them together. I, <laughs> And, I think and, you're and, saying and, this just to embarrass and, and Max. Max, and Max is always just like, just give us the keys. We got it. Just give us the keys. So anyways, willing. There you go. We hire, we, we opened up our dental practice up in Cedar Park in 2013. And we have no idea what the hell we're doing in terms of running a business. So when you, I have another dental practice, so we're, we're, but we're early entrepreneurs. And we got to hire people to fill this, this spot. And so we were interviewing people and interviewing people. And this uh, one young woman uh, comes in to interview for us, and she's fairly attractive. Um, 
and we're talking about, okay, what's your schedule? What can you work? What's your experience? What's your history? Blah, 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 blah. And we've got the old interview questions. And we're so at some point in time, we're like, okay, so if you had to describe yourself in, you know, one word, what would it be? And she kind of looks at us and she goes, willing. (laughs) (laughs) And Max and I just both look at each other. We're like, and in our heads, we're both thinking willing to do what? This is a genius. Sure. Yeah. So anyway, willing. That's my willing story. I love that. It's Um, actually not a bad, it's actually not a bad thing to say. It's a great answer. Willing to. Yeah. Yeah. But. But you're yeah. dudes that receive that differently. Totally. I probably. love the fact. Not, okay, I'm going to say this out loud. Not, she, but the way she looked at us when she said okay, it well, was go. a little... I got to say something about Lane. So uh, doing my research, and I reached out to you on Instagram, and I said, oh, my gosh, I'm so excited for you to come on the podcast. And and I, this just made me laugh. I think I even wrote it in our text message. You said, can't wait to meet you two dudes. So... <laughs> I have a history with this word, but it's so funny. Like there is a certain age range where you could say dudes and it's cool. Like yeah. it's like, and I was like, man, that's awesome. She said she's going to meet us two dudes, your generation. Am I wrong? Are you not two dudes? Oh, we're we two are. Dudes. We're way, totally. we're way. We're you probably watched some of the podcasts. We're, I saw it. We're very duty. That should probably be the name of the podcast. Two, two dudes. dudes. Two dudes. Two dudes in shorts. Yeah. We, we've had many comments. Two short shorts. It actually, it actually well, that's, when, when that's you, the when plan. You, when you got it like this, you're naked as far as I know. Well, <laughs> let's not be naked. Oh, no, I'm self-conscious. Uh, so, Lane, no, I'm, I'm sorry to, di- to, to, to divert there. Um, no, it's a great, no, the willing, it, it, that was it great. It sounds like your business started off with this idea of service and fitness, but has melded into an entirely different thing, which is really just life coaching. Well, hey, I want to interrupt. And I'm not saying you don't listen and tell me, just tell us which one is more on point. I agree with that. But it was very faith and God centered. Well, faith, she had that, faith, uh, God centered, right. service, yep. mm-hmm. serve God, yep. and fitness yep. to, to just kind of this idea of life coaching. It's. I mean, it's become that, I think, in a way, for sure. I will tell you that I I don't believe that anybody can be healthy if they don't have a healthy mind. Or they're not continually working on improving their mindset. Mm -hmm. Let me say that. Uh, Because I I have personally a history of, you know, mental health with anxiety. Yeah. Though it's a practice, a consistent practice for me to stay grounded. Yeah. Three hours this morning I spent on staying grounded in my mind. Um, so you're asking me which one is which one? I mean, I think it's both. Yeah. I think it started in it started from my faith. Though people don't have to be Christian or have any belief set to come sure. into coaching with us. Right. They're going to be taught how to set a mindset practice. They're going to be taught how to practice what I call soul work. And for me, that is meditation. That is prayer. That is journaling. That's what my soul work looks like, but it may just be hiking for somebody else, right. mm-hmm. or it may be um, spending time with people that lift them up versus tear them down. Um, they're going to be taught about proper nutrition for their body. So we work with doctors, three doctors. Uh, we do blood testing, urinalysis for our clients. Yeah. We actually look at their organ function. We actually look and see what what mineral and vitamin deficits are present. Perfect. We teach them how to eat for that. Mm-hmm. We teach them how to go to the grocery store and buy whole foods and eat whole foods because we believe that, I mean, foundationally, I believe if God created it, it's 
it's it's it's got purpose in our bodies. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. Uh, but cannabis, I, you know what? Cannabis. Yep. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, so here's a question. Obviously, you know that our podcast is called Sleeping Around. It's not because we're that kind of dudes, right? I know that now. Where? Well, thank you. <laughs> what? Where does sleep play into this, and and how can we help promote what you do and 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 sleep for your patients? Oh, not patients. Sorry, for your clients. So you call clients. Clients. That's right. Okay. You can't. I mean, if you're here for if you're coming to me for weight loss, you cannot lose weight if you don't have a good sleep practice. Right. Cannot. And I'm talking about like folks are coming in with five hours or less of sleep. That has to drastically change for them to change their bodies. Period. Has to. Mm-hmm. Seven to eight hours. I mean, and I went to bed at 8.30 last night, that football game. Did you guys watch that football game no, last night? No. Anyway. Blowout. Um, I was like, I'm going to bed. Who played? Well, I call him the J.J. Watts. Yes. Uh, played, played the L.A. Rams. And uh, Cardinals got beat pretty bad. Yeah. My old quarterback at OU didn't play too good either. No. no. Sorry about that. It's okay. So eight thirty nine, I was in bed, and you know, I just feel like sleep is is. How are how are you guys measuring it? Is so that a fair we question? use a tracking app. We use yeah. a tracking app that syncs to um, Apple devices or Garmin's or whatever okay. smart device they wear. Mm-hmm. They can manually enter, or it can just be tracked through what they wear when yeah. they sleep. Do you ask them about sleep apnea? Uh, I do. Yeah. Do I mean, you, do you test them for sleep apnea? I do, do not. Do you, do you consider that? Do a stop ever? bang. It, that'd yeah. be easy. I could give her a yeah. list of questions, eight questions to ask. No, I, I'm, I don't I would love to learn. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's interesting. We see patient after patient after patient that comes in and they've been doing the right things. They've been going to the gym. They've been talking to the nutritionist. They've been trying to lose the weight right. and they just haven't been able to cut the weight even though they're working out, doing the things, and they're in bed for eight hours a night, but they have sleep apnea, and they haven't been treating their sleep apnea. And it's like the minute they start treating their sleep apnea and they're wearing their CPAP machine, they're wearing their oral oral device, Mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden, everything starts filtering in. So it's not just about the time in bed necessarily as the quality of the time that you're in bed as well. I agree. Yeah. So I just didn't know if it was part of your process. Yeah. So it sounds like they have a tracking app that that plays a part, whether they journal it, whether they have communicated with you, how am I sleeping? Um, but like I said, there's certain things, Brandon's right here in Austin, even just a questionnaire, just to add that to your arsenal would be great. And just, I say, ask him about it, but it's not, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time on, I spend more time on family history sure. and, how they were fed as children. Mm-hmm. I spend more time there than I do on sleep. Sleep yeah. is maybe I, I should spend more time on that. So no, no. Good. And I'm not, no, your business practice is yours. What kind of how I set this up was just what role does it play mm-hmm. and how can we be helpful if we could, if it's going great, I think, you know, uh, we had talked about on a different podcast, bariatric surgery mm-hmm. and how important that role played you know, think about it. They're having this major surgery. They're going to lose a tremendous amount of weight. They, it's a high percentage of them quit using their CPAP years ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe an oral device is something that they would wear. Mm-hmm. So something like this, if you have that patient who is doing very well and they plateau, mm-hmm. what if that plateau for the way they think, we know that not sleeping well messes with that. It messes with anxiety, depression, energy level, all energy day. Level. I mean, so definitely. just something like that. Yeah. I just was yeah. just, 
Yeah. It's kind of what we do. Um, and so I was just asking about it. By no means, yeah. it sounds like what you're doing. I, I'm good. being a little selfish about it. I'd like to be a resource okay. for your patients if it, or clients. If they do have sleep apnea or they're not treating their sleep apnea, okay. I'd love to help them and help you help them. Great. Yeah, because so, I can imagine yeah. if every one of your clients got put on a home sleep testing, every one of them got put on a monitor whenever they came to you and tested how well they slept at the very beginning of your eight weeks or however long it is. And then at the end, they would see such improvement. I would agree sleeping. with that. Yeah. Well, and that's I, a simple process. And I know people that have, um, that are working out more and, mm -hmm. and eating better, typically sleep better. Yep. I wanted to ask, you said you did the blood testing. Mm -hmm. What's the number one deficit? Vitamin D. Yeah. That is. Yeah. What are you, what are you trying to get people's vitamin D levels to? I don't, I personally am not responsible yeah. for that piece of it. So they do supplement, they do supplement their vitamin D. Yeah. Um, I, vitamin D is, is the number one thing. Yeah. I see that so much too. And that's a huge deal for sleep also. Do y'all find it odd? And I'll just ask this generally, we're all around the same age. I'm much older. You're pretty old. I know. Um, like fucking but old. isn't there a, a, a huge difference? Like when we were younger, we were outside more. Is it that like, is that why vitamin D is deficiency is so common now? Well, I think it's, it's uh yes. Okay. That, and I think it's skin cancer, you know? So, so when people are lathering up with, um, uh, syrup SPF, that's what it is. Sorry. What is that? Sunscreen. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Sunscreen syrup. Sorry. <laughs> Canada. The old conversation. Yeah. <laughs> the so, old deal. We all have our oh. thing. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So when you're lathering up with sunscreen, but. you're covering up your uh, exposure. So you do get, you know, obviously you still get sun exposure. You right. still have the production of melanin and that kind of thing. Right. But it covers up your big uh, responders for vitamin D production. I say 20 minutes of unprotected mm -hmm. outdoor just sun. Yeah. Daily. It's scary for people though, especially with skin cancer. That's a scary yeah, yeah. statement yeah. Well, even for me to make. I learned something with Brandon, take off my sunglasses, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, uh, get that melatonin. Yeah. With, out the well, sun. it's, it's uh 20 minutes unprotected and preferably with larger body parts exposed. That's right. Mm -hmm. So your back, your, right. your, your legs, you know, but, but we're so concerned with sunscreen. So I think that has something to do so with my too. ears. And then, and then, so in Texas it's probably, and if you look across the Southern States, you will typically see, less vitamin D deficiencies than, than when you uh, look up at the Northern States. When you look at Canada, when you look at the Northwest, particularly where it never, the sun right. never shines up in Seattle, right. um, huge vitamin D and they've linked the vitamin D deficiency now to all kinds of, you know, MS and, you know, all kinds of other, other things too. Uh, most of the people that we work with are executives or professionals. So they're mm -hmm. sitting at a desk all day, yep. you know, indoors, not, yeah. I make a conscious effort to get up midday afternoon and walk three miles daily. Wow. Have to. That's not my workout. I call it my soul walk. Right. And I put in podcasts Love that. Love that. And, or jams. I, I'm a big fan of music. And so I'll just walk. It takes me about 40 minutes. What kind of music you listen to? Yeah, we're big fans of music too. I know you are. Um, I mean, we could just throw a dart. There's there's no, I can't tell you. I'm my favorite band of all time. Liberace. Yeah. Beastie Boys. Yeah. <laughs> Brass monkey. No sleep. That funky monkey. No sleep. Lane, if, if, and I'm going to use my daughter's age, if the 16, almost 17 year old Lane was sitting in here with you right now, what would she think? Of me? Mm -hmm. Now? She'd be really proud. She'd be really proud. She'd be uh, proud that I made it through and I'm still pushing and kicking. Yeah. 
what advice would you give her? Knowing um, what you know now. That she is more important than the outside. That there's so much more to her than just the outside of her. And I think, you know, that message resonates with our daughters, right? You know, we, we started off this podcast and I, and I really meant um, what I said. It's so good to find women leaders living their passion, uh, being their true self. I'm curious. It sounds like the pandemic, which we joke about, that there's no COVID in Texas. But it sounds to me like when the pandemic happened, COVID came in, you just still were doing your thing. Is that a fair statement? Yes. Or did it grow? Or Oh, uh, yeah, we, we've seen significant growth. Can you share a little bit of why you think that is or how that happened? Because we have people who watch our podcast and Handsome Dan and I were talking. We started off with this podcast thinking it would be. We feel like now that a lot of the feedback we're getting is like with businesses going, oh, my gosh, so-and-so CEO was awesome about that. Or that's a good point. Or, you know. So I hired a coach. Okay. And I think um, business coaching for a – I have a communication – a mass media communications degree with a minor in Spanish. Never, ever was I set up to be a business owner and to to have – 10 people who look to me daily to say, you know, to, to, to be, to lead. Um, I think leading, I lead, I've led forever. I mean, that's, that's one of my spiritual gifts is leadership, but, um, to lead a business is a whole different skill set. And so I hired a coach Mm -hmm. and hiring that coach really helped me to, uh, put guardrails on what I was doing and how I was doing it. Mm -hmm. And then, um, after I finished with him, I hired a business advisor who has been, who is now my partner. And um, he has been really important in the growth of our company. Yeah. I now have systems. I have, you know, standard operating procedures. I have things that I didn't have in the past. Yeah. And um, I've still been able to persist with my message, which is true and authentic. And I think that resonates with people. Absolutely. And COVID really, unfortunately, made a lot of people overweight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's what I was. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so. And vitamin D deficient because he didn't go outside. And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, we spent hours on the mountain bike trails, me yeah. and my boys during um, COVID hours on the trails. So we didn't, you know, we don't have a vitamin D issue, but the point is, is that many people were inside and afraid mm-hmm. and. Well, and anxiety yeah. uh, was through the roof. That's right. For forever. I mean, I've never really experienced anxiety a lot in my life, I would say. I mean, everybody experiences anxiety. I never could um, relate it to that and never felt it in the way that I've felt mm-hmm. during what's going to happen with the business, yeah. what's going to happen with my employees that I'm having to furlough and lay off, oh, what's going to happen right. with, you know, from from seven different businesses, I think we had to furlough like 40-something people, um, you know, for a few months and some of them longer. Um, and, and all of a sudden you're wondering like, okay, well, you know, how are they going to feed their families? How are they, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Then you're wondering, well, how am I going to feed my family? And then it's like, you know, um, so I think anxiety was through the roof. So I'm going to tell you something, or I'm going to bring something to the forefront. When that is the case, people soothe with food or alcohol Mm -hmm. or porn or whatever, you know, whatever their thing is. Well, we were talking about that earlier, like control. Yes. And we food we can control one way or another, whether it's too much or not enough. 
And, and when we're lacking control in our lives, we turn to food because we can control food Mm -hmm. or not control food. Um, but the control part is probably related to the anxiety OCD type, like, cause that's where control really comes. If we're anxious, it's cause we don't feel in control. Right. That's right. And so if we're out of control, we're anxious. Um, so if we're anxious, we want more control. And so then it's fear-based. Yeah. It's all fear-based. Well, and don't thinking. forget 90% of people with depression have anxiety. 90% of people with depression have anxiety. So there's different types of anxiety as well. Meaning my anxiety and what I feel is kind of what you were talking about, but there's different forms of anxiety. That's right. And it could be more of a withdrawn. Yeah. It could be more of a, um, and that's probably what they saw. I used the word accountability earlier. Is that fair to say with your coach and with your partner now? Isn't that great? And I have an account. I'm big on that word. I'm big with it with our podcast team. I'm big on it uh, in my personal life, in my current role that I do for a company. I think accountability is the key. To get someone to buy into accountability has got to be the cool. I've, I've had people do that in my life. To get someone to buy into that accountability has got to be the coolest thing. Do you have an example of someone who kind of got referred to you by a friend of a friend? Debbie, you would be awesome at this. This girl's awesome. Lane's awesome. You got to do it. And they're kind of like, I don't know. And then to see that growth and buy into everyone. (laughs) Really? Yes. Everyone. Everyone's nervous in the beginning. Okay. Hey, I mean, I asked them, are you ready to get uncomfortable? That's one of the three questions I ask. And that's what I ask on dates. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I do it in more of that, like, let's get ready to rumble voice. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you ready to get uncomfortable? <laughs> Just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah. I don't date. No, I mean, everybody is nervous. Right. Like, I will literally turn their, their world upside down. But that's what they need. Comfortably yeah. uncomfortable. Uncomfortably. Love it. Yeah. Uncomfortably. There's it. not, this is not breeding ground for comfort. Like if you are comfortable, you are not changing. You're I'm not trained. growing. No. Yeah. Because growth happens that. there. I'm going to tell you, I work with a coach. I work with a couple coaches and I am a coach. I'm a business coach for uh, okay. other dentists. Um, it, it was so stupid of me. And I think a lot of people have this mindset around coaching of, and it's probably more men based. Um, I don't need that. I can't afford that. Mm. It's not worth the money. I can do it on my own. I know what I'm doing. I've read some books, that kind of thing. Um, and I went through that. And, I, you know, now I look back, I'm like, man, that was stupid. My coach is so fantastic. Uh, and we can put up links for her information maybe. But, of course, with your your stuff too. But she has taken me uh, from in terms of life, business, through a divorce, through adding businesses, through new partnerships, new ventures, um, and and all these things that she doesn't she doesn't know about dentistry. She doesn't know about you know a lot of the things that I'm doing, but she knows how to hold me accountable, mm-hmm. and she knows how to get my brain thinking about the things that it should be thinking about, um, and that's that's really the power to that. And and I would not be. I mean, we are leaps and bounds from a business standpoint, personal standpoint, where I'd ever be if I didn't have that coaching. And so when your clients are are buying into that. Uh, it, it's just such a cool thing, the power that you have to be able to impact them. I, I think the key, I was the same. I'm like, I can do this. Yeah. Look at all the stuff I've already done. I can yeah. do this by myself. I'm yeah. good. Um, and it was expensive. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> it was an investment. Mm-hmm. I love that's a good word. It Investing was an investment. In and I was like, oh gosh, I'm so scared. And you know, I haven't talked about this really, but I have not had a lot of support through Wealthy Soul. I haven't had a lot of people who are like, yeah, quit your corporate job. Good idea. Nobody did that for me. I had to kind of believe in myself. Mm-hmm. And this decision was the same. I did not have support on it. And um, I did it. And I wish I had done it sooner. Yeah. Sure. Good coaching mm-hmm. is worth every penny. Yeah. Yeah. If I sign up for your program, will I get you, Lane, or have y'all at the point where you have a team and you oversee it? You get me. Okay. Um, about 25% of it. Mm-hmm. And then I have a personal health advisor who works for me, mm-hmm. who coaches all of the first phase clients. And I take on clients who are annual clients. Okay. So I'm working with people who are more committed long-term. Sure. But then I still lead, you know, our mastermind. I still lead, I'm still checking in on a regular basis to our current clients who are in the the transform phase. What are the options when, when somebody, two questions, what are the typical people that are looking for your service and what are the options that they have? You mentioned eight week is, is sounds like the minimum up to annual, are there month by month in between? How do how do people how do you work with people? So if you are an executive over 40 years old, if you have a lot of responsibility, you might be a parent, you run a household, you also run a, a department or a business. I think she just described me. <laughs> and you're overweight. Um, you know, she said it, not me. <laughs> she said it, not me. Like, how overweight am I, Lane? <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you sign up for her class, fatty? That came out wrong. Oh, man. Now I'm really self I told you I'm a words of affirmation person. Okay. I was describing the client. Well, I know. It just sounded like you were describing me. And then, okay, so... All of and those actually, things, yeah. You would not. I mean, my clients aren't. Not everybody is overweight. I will tell yeah. you. As um, as Brandon. No, no, I was as, as overweight as I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jeez. That's um, my chicken exit. I do that all yeah, the time. Yeah, so. and they want to change, and they yeah. want to learn how to grow in self confidence. They want to learn how to like manage their time better. Right. Um, that's my person, and typically they start with us in the eight week program, okay. and if they do well, we invite them to stay with us. And if they kind of slack off and it's not a good fit, it's quite obvious. There's a big energetic exchange between me and the client. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so if they're not giving back what I'm putting out, I really don't want to keep the relationship. Yeah, I agree. That's fair, right? Yeah, totally. Um, While we have you on the mic and while we're doing this, how can people find you? Websites, social media. I love your uh, Instagram, by the way. Um, I, I, handsome Dan wants us to do TikTok so bad and I just can't, but I love the way you do it. You can get away with it, but Thanks. how can people find you? So you can go to wealthysoul.com and it's spelled well, thy soul, which is the hymn yeah. that was playing at that camp when I rode up nice. the, the ski lift with Alden who wow. now works for me, by the way. That's wow. awesome. Yes. Okay. So they go to the, she went to A&M and then she got out of school and I hired her. Yeah. So well, thy soul, well, thy soul. Okay. is one way dot com she dot com thank you she uh, they can go to they can find me on social media i'm on instagram you can find lane bruner which is my personal page 
um, that's got my kids and stuff. And then they can all, you can also find wealthy soul. Wealthy soul. Yes. Yeah. Can someone uh, get you to come do a speaking engagement? Motivational. Do you do that or are you just straight? Oh, yeah. Okay. So you do So all- for the American Heart Association, I've been doing public speaking for them ever since. I mean, for, I was the featured survivor, you know, I've, I've done a lot of public speaking, so Good. I'd love to. Absolutely. Okay. Sweet. That way, if someone that's watching this podcast, Matt, definitely you can reach out. I saw them. something the other day and I need to ask you a, a question relating to this on your Instagram page, which I don't look at that often. I can't believe I'm impressed. You did. I, I, I'm trying. I'm Dan? really trying. My, my coach says, if you want to grow your business, you need to be more active. I have Alyssa doing it. Um, for the most part, <laughs> he said it she, one, he goes, my coach said, so, I gotta be more active. Yeah. So I have Alyssa doing so it. Alyssa's doing it, you know, checking in frequently. Uh, my, my, I know, yeah, I, she's, she's worked with her. Yeah. She's an angel. Um, she's an angel. and, um, but I saw an Oreo cookie yes. on your Instagram page. I love that you gave yourself permit. That is awesome. Tell yes. me, tell me about Oreo cookies. Is that, is, is that a typical, like, did you not read her? Well, I, I did skim through it because oh. I have an Oreo cookie problem. Oh, no, I, I don't think you understand the extent of my problem. Let's hear it. <laughs> I like to get Oreo cookies and I get the, I like the double stuff okay. personally, but any Oreo will do. And I pour up a big mug of milk. Vitamin D? Vitamin D. Uh, uh, yeah. Whole? No, no. I like, I like skim. Okay. 1% is what I like. 1%. However, one time I was doing this and Jenny came and got a cookie and she dunks it in. And she goes, this milk is really thick. What kind of milk is this? I was like, I don't know. It's just whatever in the freezer. And she opens out of the fridge and it was uh, expired. Heavy cream. Oh. oh. <laughs> so I, I was just downing heavy cream, which maybe led to my extra pounds. Um, so I, I get the Oreo and I open up the peel top, which was a great thing. Whoever engineered that thing was fantastic. Um, and I grabbed three Oreos. Okay. And I put them in my cup all at the same time. Yeah, so you dunk them and you let them settle so they soften. A little bit. Okay. Immediately, I grab my spoon and I fish out the first Oreo. So that first Oreo still got a little crisp to it. Then I have the middle Oreo, mm-hmm. which is halfway there. The third Oreo is falling apart nice and soggy. Which one do you choose? I, What's your favorite? I, all of them. I like all of them, and that's why I do this. <laughs> then as soon as I put the third Oreo in my mouth with my spoon, I grab the next three. And they do the same thing. How many are we doing here? Then I do the next three. Up to nine. I do this until there's no more milk in the cup. And then by then, it's usually somewhere in the tune of like 27 Oreos. That's a massive sugar spike. It's it's huge. And are you doing it before bed? No, it's it's really any time that I have Oreos. (laughs) (laughs) So I try not to buy them. But sometimes the girls give them to me for my birthday. If I get like this, this year I got two bags of Oreos on my birthday from the team. Thank God they love me and they know what I like. <laughs> um, and I wish they wouldn't do this. But both bags, my birthdays, uh, both bags were gone by the next day. Okay, so if it's just on occasion, it's fine. <sighs> but it's no, not don't fine. Say That's that. a hold lot on, of Oreos. No, 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 no. I want to say I have the exact, I do the the exact same process. The three? As many as can fit in whatever cup I'm using. Yeah. I'll put that amount and then let them soak. 
and then eat them with a spoon. Sometimes with a spoon, sometimes with my fingers. And, you get your like, fingers all milky. Uh, sometimes I have a towel. There's a thing. Yeah, I love that. I that's the bad thing. I love that. That's the bad thing. You get your fingers <laughs> milky. Yeah. But yeah, same. We have the same problem. Man. I do it with coconut gems too. Oh I man. I just don't get. So I. I, I that is. They're like little sugar cookies that taste uh, like yeah. coconut. They're um, delicious. I mean, so I buy Oreos for my kids every week. They're in my yeah. pantry every week. And I, when I, when I am, I mean, you know, I've already told you, I've had a de- eating disorder. So I have a weird relationship with food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I typically don't, it's not that I think Oreos are bad and people shouldn't eat them unless they're trying to lose weight. And if they are, then they shouldn't. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, but if you are an average body composition and you're healthy and it's fine. But for me, it's about stress and soothing. Yeah. So if I go to those, it's because I've, I need to somehow soothe myself yeah. and I think, and I use food to do that. But I loved what followed that, which is, but just because I did that today, I don't need to punish myself. That's right. Tomorrow. So, you, so you did. Thank I you. Did for really that's you that's asshole. the old behavior. That's yeah. the old. You carry it with you. Just that's carry the old behavior is that yeah. I would have just spent hours working out the next day and I would have only ate, you know, only had one meal or, you know, half of a meal and yeah. only had like just yeah. disordered stuff. I don't do it anymore. What I do is I'm uh, very uh, rigid all year long until I go to Key West for a week and then I just let it all hang out. Um <laughs> Which is coming up. Are we talking about your penis again? Yeah. <laughs> no, but thank you. <laughs> but thank you. No, I didn't. I meant I eat whatever I want to eat. Uh, but thank you for that. Uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> no, I have a relationship with food uh, the, the same way that you did, kind of your upbringing. Uh, me, I still have uh, issues of body dysmorphia. Yep. Um, I'm never content. I'm not happy. Uh, I've learned as I've gotten older and through many therapy sessions and, and who I am, um, that I'm content, you know, um, I don't beat myself up as much anymore. Um, but I've, I also have been blessed in a lot of ways where I don't have a sweet tooth and any partner in my life has gone like, how do you not have a, I just, I'd rather have seconds or Mm. thirds, you know? Um, so you like salty? I'm both. Well, yes, I do. But I also like to drink. And I know it's going to sound like I'm an alcoholic, but I think a glass of wine, I love red wine. Right. So I'm not saying I'm better than. I just don't have that uh, love for pies or for Oreo cookies yeah. or for every once in a while, people who know me know I like, again, how cheating is this? Dark chocolate uh, covered almonds on occasion. There's nothing wrong with <laughs> yeah. that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like thing. it's kind of the healthy. Yeah. But, uh, uh, on oh, my, I got it. Does that make sense? So I don't have that. Doesn't mean I I dive into other things. Uh, probably drink too much coffee. Uh, but I'm at a phase in my life now through injuries, through surgeries, that I'm on something crazy. I want to. I just want to get your reaction. To this I do the carnivore diet. Okay. So I've been a straight carnivore, um, hot yoga, sauna. Um, don't lift weights. Um, more on the stretching side, functional. Okay stretching and stuff that I find at my age and where I'm at in life is perfect. It's just functional. It's just functional for your body. We don't need to be, we don't need to be massive. We don't need to be building mass anymore. In my opinion, not in our forties. Right. Like, you know, I think functional movement is the key. Yeah. I really enjoy it. I've gotten into Pilates, what they call air or ground Pilates. And, uh, I find that that has been, and so I was looking at a lot of your Instagram posts and stuff and it's just so motivating. Thank you. Um, how did I get on Instagram? I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. 
An incident happened in our Started family. Started with a penis picture. An, an incident happened, and I'm going to tie this all in. An incident happened within our family, and I just love my daughter to death. She is my number one. She is my world. And a therapist came to me and said, what's your relationship with social media? I was like, man, I'm not on anything. I don't care about that stuff. He goes, but your daughter does, and her friends do. So I made a commitment, and I've been doing this for a while now. I think this is my third year, where the goal was the guy challenged me that when my daughter opens up her Instagram, I'd be the first thing she sees. So at four o'clock every morning, I get up and I send a message to her. Hmm. My title on it is influencers, influencer to a teenage daughter. I saw that. I had no idea that once we started the podcast and then my boss, my current company said, you're getting on Facebook. I hadn't been on Facebook since 2009. I didn't realize that your messages that you put on <laughs> Instagram, that, go to Facebook go too. Go to Facebook. I do. But the blessings that have happened from that are so cool. So I can only imagine how you must feel too with your messages and people writing you back. I meant going back to what I was telling you earlier, yeah. knowing that I'm doing it for her, but that other people are being touched by just a message. They could be having a bad day and here's something positive that means a lot. And so I get it. Like when I was looking at your stuff and so thank you for accepting um, that I can follow you that I like that. I like to be around that positive yeah, your page is very much like that. It's It was similar when I was reading it. Like, it resonated with me for sure. Yeah. I'll tell you, I think being in, and I this was part of my meditation today and part of the prayer work that I did today. Being a leader, because you asked, you know, that was one of the topics on your email yesterday when I was like, what are we talking about? I think be, being a leader is goes back to being brave and mm -hmm. being able to say the things that nobody wants to say mm -hmm. and being more vulnerable mm -hmm. and being um, available, available to be used. Wow. I like I, that. I think that's what being a leader is just being available to me for God to use me in however he. Well, you definitely to. prove what a servant leadership is. Cause Thanks. you talked about service, right? That's right. And I think in any industry that we're in, I, I think Brandon is, I think whenever you're and handsome Dan is like the goal of what we do here is to help is to serve somebody right. what you do for a living. I am more um, thankful for Brandon than ever. I just had a root canal done. Mm -hmm. Like I'm so grateful for Dennis <laughs> and how, what a great gift that they have, That's right. you know, that they do that. And I just want you to continue to just keep pressing on in any way that this podcast can support you. Um, we will definitely have your links to the YouTube and everything, correct, Handsome Dan? Right in the show notes. You can find everything. Right in the show notes. And uh, it has just been an honor to meet you. You're the very first Lane I've ever met that's a female. Really? Yeah. What, what was your joke? Do you mind telling her what you put, said behind her back when we were having Lane on Mouth the show? Now to her face. Yeah. What'd you say? You thought it'd be a 6'6"? Six, six? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you why. Lane Bruder. My last business partner was a 6'6". Six, six Lane. Oh, okay. Dead, so that's Did yeah. I disappoint like, you? No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> much, much better. Much better. <laughs> yeah, Lane, I uh, I really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks yep. for being here. Uh, such a good message. I loved what you said mm -hmm. where nothing changes if you don't change your mindset. I love it. Um, I think that's so important um, is, is you know, getting that message out there that you can be healthier. Um, you can succeed. Um, you can be more healthy, more fit. Uh, but you've got to have the right mindset about it. And you're right. And it doesn't matter if it's business. It doesn't matter if it's health. It doesn't matter if it's parenting. It starts with your mindset. That's right. So and accountability. 
and accountability. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Grab your uh, Yeti over there. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having me, y'all. Yep. All right. Thanks for Cheers. being here. Thank Cheers. you for sleeping around with Dr. Brandon and Matthew Lane. Appreciate you. Yeah. I'm glad she says my Oreos aren't a problem. As long as you love yourself, it's okay. I love. Not beat yourself I, up. Well. <laughs> As I'm doing it, I do not less love myself. That's the problem. I think that's where the yeah, mindset is. I love that is you confess that. Dude. Is okay. as I'm doing it, I don't love right. myself, but so then I do. You get back on the. I'm back on the love train. Down, and the moon is high.